Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. Hey, Scotty, what's up? Are oh, you supposed to be at work? I was. I got fired. Damn. They find out who you are? Yeah. Baskin Robbins always finds out, bro. Baskin Robbins don't play. You want some waffles? Hey, I'll take a waffle. Tell me about that tip. What? I want to know about that tip. Oh, baby, time! Cut down. It's so on right now. Calm pill. down, all right? I just need to know where it came from. It's got to be airtight. Okay. I was at a wine tasting with my cousin Ernesto, which was mainly reds, and you know I don't like reds, man. You know, but there was a rosé that saved the day. It was delightful. And then he tells me about this girl, Emily, that we used to kick it with. It was actually the first pair of boobs that I ever touched. It's the wrong details. It's the wrong... It has nothing to do with the story. Go. So, uh, he tells me that she's working as a housekeeper now, right? And she's dating this dude, Carlos, who's a shot caller from across the bay. And she tells him about the dude that she's cleaning for, right? That he's like this big shot CEO that is all retired now, but is loaded. And so Carlos and Ernesto are on the same softball team. And they get to talking, right? And here comes the good part. Carlos says, yo, man, this guy's got a big-ass safe just sitting in the basement, just chilling. Of course, Ernesto comes to me because he knows I got mad demon skills. Of course, I ask him, did Emily tell Carlos to tell you to get to me what kind of safe it was? And he says, nah, dog. All she said is that it's, like, super legit, and whatever's in it, it's got to be good. What? Old man have safe. And it's gone for a week. All right. There's an old man, he's got a safe, and he's gone for a week. Let's just work with that. Welcome, everyone, to Smoking and Drinking in Capes, a superhero podcast from a couple guys who wish they had powers. This week, we enjoy a heist movie and dip our toes into the quantum realm only to realize, just like Jon Snow, we know nothing. It's 2015's Ant-Man. But first, he's the bald-headed creep that sneaks up on you in the bathroom so he can make his special goo. It's Jason. How you doing, Jason? Well, when you put it like that, it sounds all creepy. It does. Uh, what's happening around CBC? Um, I don't know. We don't do that anymore. Don't you remember? I mean, this is your show. But I do I have some notes. news. Oh, you have news? I have news. All right, hit us with some news then. All right, so I've got a few articles to talk about today. Uh, the first one, so you know that uh, they released like a, a Halo show, right? And it's out on Paramount Plus right now. Is It is actually out? Yes, it is actually oh. out. I think there's two episodes out right now okay. well no actually i think it drops tomorrow my bad this is a this is a preview article so but, it actually drops on wait, march wait, wait. 24th mm. yeah but by the time people listen to this it will have it already will come have out already because, come out yes because time travel right i forgot your i mean there's no telling when this episode actually comes out so this may be just super old news i, mean, I think it's at the end our, of our great grandchildren might be wondering what in the fuck halo is at this point yeah so yeah yeah, but uh, there is a, a show out on um, Paramount Plus. It releases on uh, March twenty fourth, which is tomorrow, as of this recording. Um, and uh, there seems to be some—I don't know. This this author is uh, talking about division uh, because the 
the show doesn't follow exactly how the uh, the game and the comic books follow. Um, it seems like the I, first episode is more uh, centered towards those who uh, know the lore from the games and the comics, and that the second episode is more for the traditional sci-fi fans who really are coming into this cold. Uh, yeah, I thought this was like an origin story it is. type deal that they were doing. It is. Okay. But I mean they've okay. they've they've explored the origins oh, of the Spartans before, so yeah, this isn't true. the first time they've they've delved into this subject matter. Yeah, and I've I've never really gotten into Halo because I don't have an Xbox. Oh, I love so, the Halo series. It's a it's yeah. a really fun series. I played series. the first one. Yeah, I played the first one. Uh and that was about as far as I got. I so. played the first three i think i skipped the fourth one and i've i've played the fifth a little bit so yeah and my my exposure to halo uh centers entirely around uh rooster teeth <laughs> right red versus blue right, that, right, that, right that is that is the most exposure that i've really gotten to it is red versus blue right so what else you got so the next article um the creator or the the brains behind the Mass Effect universe uh, has uh, confirmed. Casey? Uh, yes, Casey Isn't Hudson. It? Casey Hudson, yeah, okay. Has confirmed that he will be developing a new brand uh, brand new uh, sci fi universe with the new studio that he's with. He, uh, he used to be with Bioware, and yeah. uh, he he actually did more than just the Mass Effect universe. He he uh, developed Mass Effect. He also did. Uh, Baldur's Gate 2, as well as the Knights of the Old Republic, all three of which are excellent, excellent at games, except for Mass Effect 3, where they really fucked up with the ending. But Well, was he involved with that one? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he I was. Thought, oh, I thought he had left by that. No, he left before He left Andromeda. before Andromeda. That's right. That okay. dumpster fire. Yeah, so... Yeah. Uh, he's going to be developing a, a new IP with his uh, studio, uh, so look forward to that. Um, I'm do we have kind of excited, but uh, no, no, he hasn't. Uh, he hasn't released that information. Uh, it's probably going to be a little while, especially if they're just talking about it. Uh, so it's probably a good four or five years away at least. I didn't know if they had maybe like a concept or something uh, as to what you know. Hey, it's going to be a you know space no all he said is our current project is a multi-platform triple-a game that is focused on character-driven narratives in an all-new science fiction universe so mass effect (laughs) four i'd hope not well no he can't because bioware still owns mass effect and he's no longer with bioware yeah that's true okay i'm sorry effect mass four yes effective mass four okay yeah Okay. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, one more. So one more. Uh, okay. it has been confirmed that uh, season three of The Mandalorian is going to have Christopher Lloyd, or a.k.a. Doc Brown, as a guest star Great on the show. Great Scott. Great Scott, indeed, yes. All right. That's cool. We don't know as what, though, right? No. They, they didn't give details as to what his character is going to be. Um, but, yeah. Okay. So it could range from anywhere from like the uh, um, the old man in Nobody. Have you seen that movie mm, with no, Bob I have Odenkirk? Not. 
No, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, he plays Bob Odenkirk's dad in that, and um, yeah, they they shoot up a bunch of people. So it could be like a, a serious character, a serious uh, fighting character, or or a serious character like that, or it could be something like Doc Brown from Back to the Future, where it's more comedic. So uh, Christopher Lloyd has a range, so it's 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 anybody's guess as to what this character is going to be. About. Well, yeah, I mean, he also played Klingon in Star Trek. That's true, he did. So he's he's officially going to hit all the stars. Star Trek, Star Wars. That's true. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Um, let's listen to a uh, commercial from one of the other podcasts that are on the Creative Brand Candy Network. Oh, uh, if we have to. Yeah, we're contractually obligated to do it. I'm Sergeant Seagar from Eyes Forward March. We're part of the Creative Brain Candy Media Cooperative. And I'm asking you to join myself and Sergeant Bacon every two weeks on Wednesdays. We're going to discuss everyday issues that leaders in the military have to face. We're going to exchange stories and have some laughs along the way. You can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or simply head over to creativebraincandy.com. While you're there, make sure to check out some of the other great podcasts who are part of the Creative Brain Candy family. All right, so you can check them out and all the other great podcasts over at creativebraincandy.com. How about a uh, pod crawl? I think you're going to like this one. Oh, if we have to. No, you're going to like it. All right, let's do it. All right. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. It's 1989, and we are treated to Michael Douglas from Basic Instinct, but without Sharon Stone and her JJ. <laughs> he doesn't want his secret source getting into the wrong hands, so he quits Shield and heads out on his own after a quick sucker punch to a dude. We flash forward to present day and Paul Rudd gets sucker punched in prison as a goodbye ritual, lands a job at Baskin Robbins, and thus launches his affection with all 31 flavors in future movies. <laughs> we now catch up to an older Hank yep. Pym as he visits his company to see the latest in shrinking technology being researched by Dr. Cross. Unfortunately, the serum isn't quite ready for prime time and all he can do is shrink inanimate objects. Cross visits a dude in the restroom like a proper creep and uses his gun to turn the guy into goo and flush him down the toilet. Scott does some quick math and figures it will take over a year to get his life back together well enough to spend time with his daughter, so he does what any sane person does, and takes a job robbing an old man with a safe. Scott breaks into the house by MacGyvering the shit out of a fingerprint reader with some super glue, a napkin ring, and a roll of clear packing tape. He gets past the high-tech lock and is faced with a safe that is hard to crack, unless you bring liquid nitrogen and a gallon of water, which luck would have it, Scott did. Come to find out, the old man's house belongs to Hank Pym and he has been watching via Antcam the entire time. I really hope he doesn't use that shit to spy on the ladies. Back at the apartment, Scott tries on the fancy motorcycle suit, pushes the red button, and ends up shrinking into the tub. After a bath, a dance party, and a quick blow job, Scott ends up outside all big again. Hank radios Scott and tells him to keep the suit and he will be in touch. Scott freaks out, tries to take the suit back to Hank's house and is arrested. In jail, Hank poses as Scott's lawyer and tells him to take the second chance when it comes around. Samantz deliver a miniature suit and Scott makes his escape with the help of Anthony. Scott's mission, whether he chooses to accept it, is to break into Pym Tech and steal the yellow jacket technology from Dr. Cross because it's Michael's juice and no one can have his juice. 
Storytime with Crowley tells us that young Michael lost his wife to the quantum realm when she shrank too far to disarm a missile. I really hope his wife wasn't Sharon Stone. <laughs> the world would be a sad place without Sharon's vertical smile to brighten up oh the room. God. We get a training montage complete with Hope kicking Scott's ass, Scott making holes in the backyard, learning about the different ants, and Hope kicking Scott's ass some more. Before the trio can do the main mission, they must go on a side quest to fetch a device. I hate fetch quests. The side quest involves breaking into an old abandoned building, except the building is very much occupied by the Avengers. After a brief tussle between Ant-Man and Black Falcon, Scott ends up victorious, and turns the quest in for some much-needed XP. Back at the Hank house, Dr. Cross shows up to gloat to Hank that he has figured out the goo problem and can now shrink sheep. The mission doesn't go as planned and Hank, Scott, and Hope are captured due to Hank's old grudge knowing the truth about Ant-Man. Eventually, Scott is able to break free and chases after Cross and his yellow jacket suit, not to be confused with a yellow suit jacket. Scott catches up to Cross in the chopper and after some shrinking and growing shenanigans, the two end up crashing a barbecue. Scott eventually gets the upper hand and bitch slaps a small yellow jacket into the bug zapper. Before Scott can get Cross, he is arrested again by his daughter's dick of a stepdad cop. Cross is zapped again and revived. He heads to Scott's daughter to enact his revenge and Scott shows up to defeat his new nemesis and save the day. After a very intense, tiny person battle around a Thomas the Train set, Ant-Man eventually gets the upper hand by shrinking super small and destroying Yellow Jacket's shrinking mechanism. While in the quantum realm, Scott figures out to switch out his shrink juice with some Viagra juice to make him bigger. Dickhead Cop forgives Scott for doing a few bad things to save the day. And cue Scott and Hope kissing, Black Falcon looking for Ant-Man, and Hope getting a look at her new Wasp suit credits. Alright, 2015's Ant-Man. Uh, what are your uh, initial thoughts about this? Um, initial thoughts are it's a decently fun kind of heist romp movie as long as you don't think about any of it for more than half a second. All right. So is that what you thought when you originally saw this? Did you see this in the theaters or did you wait till it came out? No, I wait till it I waited till it came out. I didn't actually watch this until after um uh, bef before Endgame, but after the uh, first one. Uh, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp? No, 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 no. It was uh, Avengers, oh, not Endgame, the first Infinity part. War. Infinity War. Yeah, for some reason okay. I blanked on that. So but I watched apparently. this in between uh, Infinity War and, and Endgame. Okay, so, so you watched this a long time afterwards right so yes. it came out 2015 infinity war was 2019 2019 yeah i believe so uh wow okay so that's um that's yeah a while yeah i did I, okay. I never had the urge to watch it okay but we were we were watching all of the movies before endgame and so that's that's whenever i watched this one and I think Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay. Just so that you could say, hey, I did it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, were, we were watching all the movies up to Infinity War and Endgame. Okay. All right. I'm trying to pull up, and for some god-awful reason I can't find I was trying to pull up the release schedule of these, of all of the films. Um so it looks like this came out before Civil War. It did, yeah. So okay, here we go. I got it. 
It, um, yeah, so it looks like, uh, you know, you had Iron Man, Iron Man 2, and all that in 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, Thor, uh, Thor Dark World, Iron Man 3, Avengers. Um, you had some Guardians of the Galaxy in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Winter Soldier had just come out. And also the Age of Ultron, uh, and they made a reference to that in this movie about you know dropping a city right on on uh, or dropping an island on a city or something, dropping a city on somebody. Um, and then you had this one uh, come out. So so really, with the exception, I would say with the exception of Guardians of the Galaxy, this was probably the f- the first, not the first, obviously it was the second really lighthearted MCU movie. Um, yeah. In my opinion. I mean, you know, it wasn't, there were stakes, but it wasn't like dire stakes, you know, like, you know, there was funny stuff in iron in the iron man's and things like that, but it was ultimately, it was all relatively serious. Um, and I thought that was a fresh. I thought that was kind of good. You know, I, I love Guardians of the Galaxy, um, and I and I kind of and I like this Ant Man for what it is in terms of it. It was it was a palate cleanser for what was to come the next year that we didn't know about. Yeah, um, I I think I think it was it was very much a palate cleanser because right after this and it led up in the the post credit scene. You know, you have Falcon looking for Ant Man, which insinuates when ant-man joins you know cap yeah because that's yeah because they're buddies now right they're cap yeah and they and the very last scene kind of insinuates that too when they're uh when they're in there with bucky and i think that scene is actually supposed to happen during civil war right or right before uh, civil war no so i thought that yeah it it happened like right before Civil War, because that's when he went and found them, right? Or he had finally found them and captured them. Okay, right? so that talk- that would have happened like after, um, after Winter Soldier and and before yes. Civil War. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, and for those that aren't, it's the scene where Bucky is trapped in a machine press or something. Yeah. With his arm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because you know. Captain America didn't know about the um, disarming mechanism. And the reason I say in. before or right before Civil War is because they talk about the Sokovia Accords. Correct. So, right. so, so I think they've already this was, split at that point. Right. So I think, uh, yeah, I think that uh, that scene happens during Civil War, but before. Steve chooses a side in terms of siding with Bucky. Well, no. So, so wait, no, no, this had to, oh no. Yeah. Because in civil war, I'm trying to remember because we haven't watched it in a while. Civil war ended with Bucky at in Wakanda trying to get fixed. Correct. Well, yeah, he didn't have his arm. Yeah. 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 And they they put him on ice, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Until they could, uh, reprogram him. Right. Yeah, yeah, fix the reprogramming. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, yeah. Um, so, so I, I, I personally, I liked this. I, I thought this was a good movie. Um, you know, I didn't go. 
initially I didn't know what to expect because, you know, Ant-Man was another one of those, uh, not a real popular one. I mean, people know who he is, but he's not like, he's not like Iron Man or Thor or Captain America. You know, it's, it's, I'd, I'd say B tier maybe or low A tier hero. Well, um, I mean, in the comics, he was he was an A tier uh, Avenger, right. but at the yeah. beginning, uh, yeah, yeah, in the early days of the comics, he was a, a proper Avenger, yeah. Um, but in terms of mainstream, now you don't see a lot of Ant Man, right? No, no. So, so I would think in the public eye, you know, somebody that's familiar with comics but not necessarily a a, a comic head. Um, you know, this is kind of one of those A minus type characters that they brought in, and you're kind of like, "What? Okay, you know what? He can talk to ants." Yeah, uh, again, so I thought it was. <laughs> this was not a movie that I I clamored to watch, right? Uh, like most of the other MCU movies. Uh, this the so the Ant Man movies and all of the Thor movies up until uh, Ragnarok were movies that I just didn't really have any interest in watching. Um, the, the, the first Thor movie I never saw in the theaters, at least I don't remember seeing it in the theaters. Maybe I did see the first one. I don't think I did, but the second one I definitely didn't see. Uh, and the third one I didn't see in the theaters. So you didn't watch any of the Thors? No, wait, wait. The third one was oh, Ragnarok, you, right? Yeah, yeah. Ragnarok. Yeah. yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. Cause Ragnarok. I, yeah. Ragnarok. I did watch in the theater. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, the second one. No, I didn't watch that one in the theater. Um, and Ant-Man and the Wasp was the same way. It was, I didn't, I didn't have any well, urge you didn't to see, see that. I didn't see the hey, first one. The I first was one, like, so, eh, the yeah. second one, meh. I, I like Paul Rudd. I think he's a very charming guy. Um, it yeah. just, he, he didn't seem like really superhero material to me. And, 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 and Paul Rudd plays Paul Rudd in this movie. I think Paul Rudd is one of those actors that just, He's got Jack Nicholson disease. He just he is who he is, and he plays who he uh, who he is in every movie he's in, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, most of the roles that he's played is has has fit his his charming personality perfectly. But yeah, I just I, I didn't see of... him as as superhero material. The the subject matter. I mean, Ant Man was. The only reason I knew of him was because occasionally the the Avengers would cross over. Uh, with the X-Men and, you know, they would either make mention of Ant-Man or he'd be in a couple panels and you're like, Ooh, okay. What a, what a super power you can. Yeah. Go, they're just go trying to make small. sure you didn't forget about him. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a charming enough movie. I think it kind of, I think it kind of glazes over and, and kind of, um, disney you know, life in prison as well as, you know, um, kind of promotes burglary, I guess, but you know, whatever. But but it was it was Robin Hood type burglary, right? Right. right. It was burglary burglary for the right cause. You know, he's doing yeah. a bad thing for a good reason, right? You right. Know? Yeah. Um. So when I had so and, and I didn't really catch this. I I didn't really catch this the first time when I watched this. Um. Y- you know, uh, Hank makes a makes a comment that he can no longer wear the suit cuz it's taken a toll on his body. Do you think that it was it was 
a, a, a mental toll in that, you know, because they mentioned that if your head's not protected, uh, you go crazy or whatever. Do you think, or, or, I mean, what, what, why do you think he couldn't do it? Do I don't know. I mean, he was, he was pretty old and he wore yeah. the suit for a long time. I mean, just the physical toll probably of, of growing and shrinking and growing and shrinking over and over yeah. again might've worn down his body. I don't think his, okay. I don't think his mental facility faculties, um, were damaged. I mean, he had the helmet as protection. Apparently, he knew right. that that was that was a, a cause of concern, and so he protected himself against that. But it also may have been a mental toll because of the loss of his wife. We didn't know how he yeah. had lost his wife at that point, and so maybe that's why he didn't want to do the suit anymore. I mean, that's that's kind of why PTSD. He, yeah, that's kind of why he quit using the suit back in 1989, right? He lost her in 87 and probably carried on as long as he could and just maybe the memories said, were just too said, much. screw it. Yeah. 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 Um, so why do you think, why do you think he would have been watching Scott the entire time? It just seems weird. You know, the, okay, this guy basically stole money from a group and gave it back to the people because, you know, it was bad. How would that get you on the radar other than, you know, because plot? <laughs> well, yeah, there is there is the, uh, the I mean, plot just... to, to take it. Yeah, it was convenient to the plot is probably the main reason. But yeah, you could say that, okay, so, so Scott was a, a burglar apparently before this happened because he, he talked about, well, you know. He, he was, was a mechanical engineer. No, he was an electronics engineer. Uh, electro electrical engineer. Yeah, he was an electrical engineer. Yeah, he, he was an electro electrical engineer. He had a master's yeah. in electrical engineering. Yeah, but apparently he made his living as a cat burglar because he had talked about having you know a career as a cat burglar. He he identified himself as a cat burglar, somebody who just did this on impulse, the one time. The yeah. one time doesn't refer to themselves as a cat burglar. And apparently he had a lot of skill doing it. I mean, he showed off some pretty hardcore parkour skills. Hardcore parkour. Yeah. Um, to, to get into Pim's place. And he had a lot of knowledge of, you know, things like the safe, the security system, stuff like that. So yeah. apparently he was a career burglar before the incident that he, you know, snapped and just went off the deep end. So well, he didn't really snap. Did he, he drove I mean, he a just... Bentley into a swimming pool. That's probably what got him caught. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. That that sounds very yeah. revenge like to me. Yeah, okay. All right. So, so uh, it, it it's probably something that that Hank already knew of um Cross's plan to uh, create this suit, even well, probably yeah, he already. Had, he had hope. Uh, yeah, hope. Uh, watching, watching in the background, right? Yeah. Or and so right? she had so. probably already come to him and say, saying that uh, Cross is getting close. We need to figure something out. Um, you know, Hank reads about this guy in the paper. Probably looks him up a little bit and says, "Okay, so this is a potential candidate for somebody who can wear the suit and stop." cross from from doing whatever 
Yeah, because you can't just go in and take it and get out. Right. Necessarily. Gotcha. So, so mostly some for his maybe, and then the fact that he's an electrical engineer, you know, that helps, I guess, for uh, doing some stuff and, and being, I guess, prepared, um, uh, you know, you know, to, to fix the suit or what have you. Maybe. Potentially. Um, yeah, okay. What did you think of, what did you think of the, the CGI in terms of, the and, and I'm gonna go with the let's go with the the bathtub scene you know the whole the whole microverse honey I shrunk the kids <laughs> s- um uh sequence there uh what was your what was your take on it uh Did it seem good I mean I, it was I personally okay. I thought it I thought it I thought some of it was good and some of it was a little off I mean yeah so barring the entire inconsistency of the physics of growing and shrinking aside because they are super inconsistent with how they deal with you know is he actually the same amount of mass and they're just condensing him down increasing his density or is he somehow losing total inconsistency there and we can discuss that later if, if you want but I mean that's that's one of the major sure. nitpicks that I have about this this movie is the inconsistency with how they deal uh, with that that subject matter. Well, but, now I know what one of your quabbles is. Yeah, <laughs> um, but the 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 CGI. I mean, it was okay in places. You could definitely tell that this is CGI. It hasn't really aged as well as some of the other CGI in the other movies. I don't know that they you know spent the amount of money on the CGI as they did in this and it may be because the cgi in this wasn't you know shrouded in darkness like most of the cgi that we get with modern marvel movies i mean the last what three or four marvel movies that we've discussed we complained that you know most of the major action scenes were so fucking dark we couldn't see them right and that was spider-man's and those kind of things yeah yeah and that was probably to hide some of the the rough edges of the CGI that they produced. And this, for the most part, had, you know, well-lit CGI sequences. Now, the the sequence that they did inside the briefcase where they were both fighting each other, yeah. uh, miniature, that that did not age well. I mean, that no. looked fake as fuck. Um, but some of the other stuff looked okay. So I'd, I don't know. I mean, it, the CGI was inconsistent as well, is what I'm yeah. going to say. Yeah, and so so the biggest one that I that I noticed um, the the Michael Douglas de aging, um, <laughs> yeah. it was it was okay. It was okay except around his mouth. <laughs> but yeah, it was a little <laughs> off around the mouth. I'm surprised so, you didn't have a Gordon Gecko reference in the pod crawl. I mean, that was just screaming. I, I don't know who Gordon. Gecko oh my is. fucking god. Really? Oh, do I need to do some research on the fly? Yeah. Gordon Gecko. Oh, you never heard of the movie movie Wall Street? Oh, Wall Street. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Jesus Christ. I did. I I've actually never watched. Oh my God. But I know what it is. Uncultured boob. Oh. Okay. Well, at least I'm a boob. I can touch myself. Yeah, when the the 
when he walked in during the the beginning of the movie when it was 1989, I mean, he looked almost like his Gordon Gecko character from Wall Street. So did they take? Uh, they probably used some footage to did, help de age him from Wall Street. Uh, yeah, it doesn't say. Looking to see if they have anything here. Um, so they did some mocap on them. Uh, yeah, they don't say. They just say they did some the did some mocap on them. They didn't. They didn't say that they. Uh, uh, apparently, they uh, they used some CGI on on Hallie Atwell as well, or Haley Atwell, Haley uh, Atwell. as a, as to, to age her. <laughs> yeah, so they used some age makeup and then also some CGI. It doesn't say anything about using any... Uh, I, I'm sure they used Wall, some of his earlier movies as references. Probably, uh, yeah. To figure it out, yeah. So, But no, the, the CGI was very inconsistent in this movie. Probably yeah. almost as inconsistent as they're, they're dealing with, you know, physics. Yeah, so, and, and I would say that the, the, yellow, the yellow jacket uh suit um it didn't I, it didn't suffer from green lantern disease but it was obvious that the suit was entirely cgi'd right there was no uh practical suit like what they had in the first couple of iron mans before they really honed that down oh you don't um, you don't think the the he was wearing any kind of suit and they just kind of added stuff on top of it. Oh no, I think he did. In fact, I've got, uh, let's see, copy image. Uh, there's a picture of it here with, uh, Corey Stoll doing, um, uh, mocap and he's got, Oh, okay. It looks yeah. like the yeah. yellow jacket suit, but it's obviously, you know, it, oh, it's black yeah. and yellow, yeah. but it's not it's not stylized or anything like that. And I think with like Iron Man, at least in those first couples, you know, it wasn't the full suit, but he had, you know, he had like the shoulder pads or whatever. You know, he had some practicality. Right. Um, I think they akined it to uh, football pads. Right. Um, you know, and I think that would have helped a little bit uh, because, you know, when they did do those those close-ups, it it didn't look quite right. Yeah, it looked a little it it looked it looked a little fake. Um, yeah, you know, I think the it, compositing could have been better with the CGI. Yeah, yeah. Now I do have to say I did like I did like the uh, Thomas the Tank fight. Um, so that I, was one of the things that I was super pissed about because really? of their inconsistent use of physics. Okay, like okay, getting hit like you could get hit by something and it hurt, but then you could pick it up and it not hurt. Right. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So when they shrink down, mm-hmm. she said, "When you shrink down, you're basically a 200 pound man with the size of a bullet, with a right. fist the size of a bullet, mm-hmm. or or uh, so you're 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 putting the no, I, I have that wrong." So when you shrink down, you're a 200. Ma- you have the force of a 200 pound man behind you, on a very small point. So you're basically a bullet, is what she's saying. Correct. You can you can literally punch through somebody if you don't know how to punch. Is what she was basically getting at. So the um, the, the, the bathroom scene or the bathtub scene pissed me mm-hmm. off because he was swept away by the water. 
are you, do you float on top of the water whenever you're taking a shower? Well, first off, if, if there's enough water in the tub while I'm taking a shower, I need to fix my drain. Um, second, I do float inside a pool. Okay. If when I'm you're laying s- on my back. If you're laying on your back and you have your weight yeah. spread out over the water, sure. Yeah. And you fill yeah. up enough of your, your mass with, with air to create buoyancy. Okay. Right? Yeah. So okay. you're, you're saying he would... What sink. I'm saying is, if even if he's... When he's shrank down to the size of an ant, how is he getting swept up by the water? He's still ants as... ants get swept up by water? He is still as dense as he was when he was full size. Or actually, he's more dense, but he's got the same amount of mass. So he's actually more dense because they're compressing that mass down into a smaller area or smaller they're, volume. They're, remo- they're removing the space. They're removing the, the space atoms. between the atoms. So they're making yeah. him more dense. Gotcha. Yeah. So how is he getting swept up by the water? The water should have went around him like you dropping a, a a ball bearing down into the water. Yeah. Yeah, plot, <laughs> plot. Yeah, so yeah. it was it was convenient for it was, so the the physics so were that, convenient for the plot when they needed right. it to be. Well, and by that standard, then you're you know you would crush an ant, right? Oh yeah, yeah. There's no way yeah. that fucking ant would have been able to carry him on his back. Right. So so what we can we can blame and there's no can, way that Pim is going to have a fucking tank on his key ring. Oh no no so so he just shunted all the weight into the quantum realm. <laughs> Is that how it works? That's how that works. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah, there's a there's a little quantum realm singularity that all the mass gets shunted into. Right. Uh, when needed. Yeah, so yeah, so so some of that wouldn't be uh I agree isn't is very inconsistent. Um you know, and so on the, on the opposite end, for the, for when they blew thing. up that Thomas the Tank Engine toy, it wouldn't have crashed through the the roof like it did. It probably would have crumbled because once they expanded that mass so much, it would have made it so brittle that the uh, the atomic bonds wouldn't have been able to hold together. So it would have crumbled. Once it hits yeah, something, but apparently they it 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 is something happens because uh, you know we get giant man and I know War. and that was one of the things that I bitched about during Civil War. Yeah, well, okay, so Ant Man slash Giant Man isn't a very plausible comic book character, but again, comic book character. Well, not the way that they so. I don't know how they if he it if he keeps comics. the same amount of mass and they're just messing with the gaps between atoms. First, whenever he jumps up into to Giant Man, he would be like translucent. Yeah. Um, okay. Because you know he would have the same amount of matter. Oh right, right, right. It would just be you. spread out over a wider area, so. You know, there would be larger gaps between the atoms. Yeah. So, yeah, he would be translucent. Light would be able to shine through those those gaps between the atoms. Okay. 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's so not, it's, it's just, I mean, it's hugely inconsistent and. Yeah. But, you know, um, that the, the comics, they were hugely inconsistent, I guess, as well. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with the Ant-Man from the comics. So I don't know how they explained all that shit away. Uh, I don't know. He was a biophysicist. Uh, and uh, yeah. Yeah, he I know bi- he was. Def- oh, he discovered a chemical substance called PIM particle that he called PIM particles. Alter his size. And that's all they say is that it would allow him to alter his size. Yeah. So I knew that he was a brilliant scientist on the level of like uh, Reed Richards or, or Hank McCoy because they they always show them kind of either working together or competing against one another. Um, I think it was I think it was the Civil War series in the comics that uh, Hank Pym and and Reed Richards were were working together. I think it was that. Uh, it was either that or House of M, one of the possible. other, one of the two. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. So, fun fact in the comics, um, Ultron was created by Hank Pym. Oh, was he? Yes. Wasn't created by Tony Stark. No, he was created by uh, Hank Pym. Gotcha. So, yeah, that was a little different. And that's why, because a, uh, Hank is slightly unstable. <laughs> Um, you know, he's, he's kind of, yeah, he's kind of an unstable person. Um, he does have a history cause I remember, I remember this, he has a history, uh, and he has been, he has, uh, beat, uh, Janet before beat. he was a like woman beater. Oh, he's a wife beater. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, there was a comic about him about him doing that or whatever. I don't know if they've retconned that out or not. You know, seen as everything has to be PC, but who knows? Right. So, all right. So I have I had another little quabble, um, and I'm glad that they fixed this. But um, they could have gotten a better wig for uh, uh, Hope <laughs> Evangeline Liddy. Yeah. 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 That that hair. Did not match at all. Yeah. I don't I, even know. I mean, was it? A, it had to have been a wig. Gotta hope was, so. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking. Um, But, yeah, that I when I saw that, I was like, oh, no, that can't be. Oh, no. Yep, they're sticking with it. It's it's not even like a bad disguise. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, was so. a, that was a really bad hairdo. Yeah, it was. It was. I'm glad they kind of naturaled it up a little bit in the next one. You know, uh, what did you think about the ants, uh, CGI wise? I mean, they were fine. You you okay. could definitely tell that they were CGI in parts, but yeah. I mean, they did fine with them. I, I like the level of detail that they got on the ants whenever they were down at that level. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought they did fine with the ants. Okay. All right. Uh, any, anything else? Any other quabbles that you had? I mean, no, that, that, that one is a pretty big quabble. Um, right. Other than that, I mean, it's, it's a fine movie. I can ignore the stupidity of the physics. It's just, it's annoying. The inconsistency. If they had, 
if they had stuck to one lane or the other, I would have been better with it. Or but just not said anything. If they didn't explain it, it would have been okay, maybe. Maybe, yeah. But I mean, even even still, the inconsistency would have annoyed me. But if they had just stuck with a lane and and not flipped back and forth as it was convenient for whatever they needed to do, that would have been better. All right, well, I guess it's time now for a superpower roll call. What superpower slash superhero or supervillain, if you want to go that direction, if you're James, um, what would you want? Uh, let's see. So we've got the Ant-Man suit and Hank Pym. Yeah. Or or Scott. Uh, we've got the Wasp suit. They they featured that. Or we got the, the Yellow Jacket suit. They're all pretty much variations on a theme. Right. I think I'm going to go with uh, Captain America. (laughs) Okay. Only because you saw it at the very end? Only because I saw it at the very end and I like his powers better. All right. I I see how you are. You you do anything (laughs) and everything you can to derail this segment. And that's fine. That's fine. Um. I would go, uh, because I agree with you in terms of all those suits are basically the same, um, I would go with the yellow jacket suit because it has more capabilities. Because it shoots lasers. Yes. But it makes you go insane because it's not shielded. You don't think so? No. That That was one of the things that they warned him about. Was that his helmet didn't shield from the, the effects of the particle. That's kind of why he was going a little nuts. All right, shit. Then fine. I'll go back to Ant-Man. And I would have I chosen be... the Wasp one. Uh, well, yeah, because the Wasp one can fly, can't yeah. it? Yeah. And it makes yeah. you feel sexy. Yeah. But see, if I feel sexy, I might not get any crime fighting done. <laughs> Gross. I'll be too busy. So... All right, uh, you got any you got any awards? I got a few. Okay, uh, hit us with your black lung then. Black lung. I'm going to give my black lung to uh, Yellow Jacket for okay. uh, getting all burnt up in the uh, in the bug zapper. Okay, so it's two for two. I went the same way. Uh, bug zapper, Yellow Jacket. Yeah. So uh, my head lush, I'm going to give it to uh, Luis and his uh, friends uh, sitting around the table. Um, And actually, and I didn't bring this up, and that reminds me, I liked that see those sequences with Luis when he's telling the stories. <laughs> yeah, and, those were actually and pretty everybody, clever. And everybody does it. Uh, my favorite one is in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, when, when he's talking about, uh, you know, oh, oh, he's so fine or whatever. And, and it's Aunt Evangeline Lily um, uh, mouthing it. it, it I don't remember that funny. one. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny. I liked it. So, all right, well, who's your uh, head lush? So mine's going to go to Luis, too, but uh, for the wine-tasting scene uh, on one of his flashbacks because he started in oh, with... Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, I went to a wine-tasting, but it was mostly reds, and you know how I hate reds, but there was this rosé that just saved the day, and he goes oh, on and yeah. on about that. So he's yeah. getting mine. 
Yeah, he 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 likes the tangent. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh player? Uh player, my player I'm going to have to give this to Scott. Um he okay. he put the charm on to hope and and uh started making out outside of her dad's bedroom with her, yeah, at the end of the movie. So I'm oh, going yeah. to give that to Scott. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think we have been on the same page because mine was going to go to Scott as well for the exact same reason. So, uh, Purple Hippo, uh, I'm going to give Purple Hippo to Cross and um, just him going him going crazy. Okay. Uh, so mine's going to go to Scott. We're, we're a little off on this. Um, okay. Mine's going to go to Scott because he saw some really trippy shit on his way down into the quantum realm. So, I th- yeah, I thought about that as well. I thought about that. Uh, but to me, it didn't seem like he was tripping out so much as he just didn't know where he was. You know? It's like you lose yourself, which could be a purple hippo moment, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well. All right, so that's going to do it. Um, Our uh, next episode um, is going to actually be um, The Darkest Minds. If you listen to our our last episode that we had uh, last uh, two weeks ago, um, you'll notice that we did uh, choose another movie, but then we had chosen this one before, but then, you know, through that curveball... if you haven't wa- uh, listened to our last episode, hey, go check it out. Uh, Jason and I did our best to channel our Im- inner woman, uh, our inner... Uh, it touched our feminine s- side. I was going to say our inner soft side. I don't... Yeah, you know, we tried. It hurt. It hurt a lot. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, go go listen to it. It's great. All right, so our intro and outro music are is Demon by JVNA. Podcrawl music is Snack Mix by Machette. If you like the show, go ahead and rate us and review us on iTunes. You can leave us feedback on our Discord channel at smokinganddrinkingincapes.com uh, slash Discord. You can also email us at smokinganddrinkingincapes at outlook.com. Uh, be sure to visit Creative Brain Candy for more great shows and other creative works over at creativebraincandy.com. Uh, for this week, I'm Rob. I'm Jason. And we will see you next time. Welcome, everyone, to Smoking and Drinking in Capes, a superhero podcast from... Oh, my God. It's going to be one of those days, huh? (laughs) What the fuck was that? It is me tripping over my own lips. I got fud round in my mouth. Let me uh, swish it out there. All right. Is that a euphemism for dick? No, no. It was an actual fudge round while I was rebooting the computer. I ate a fudge round. Serves you right. It does, doesn't it? I should stick to just uh, eating the fudge rounds on uh, Satis.